Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. I mean, I identify definitely as a mom and a wife and, um, and a friend, um, more than an actress, but is a big part of who I am. And, and without it, I, I don't think that I would be complete. But no, I want to quit all the time. I think I wanted to quit last night. And mm-hmm. then I was like an audition in my, you know, new, new sides for an audition that I did a week ago that they were like, oh, you're moving forward. We love you. And they're like, oh, wait, we're going to send you something else. And then the rest of the town's going to get it too. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm not as far along as I thought I was. Or, oh, I'm still having to convince people of my worth and myself of my worth or remind myself of my worth, not convince myself. I know that I'm worthy, but it is a struggle daily. And really the struggle is to sort of let go and just like let it all happen. But that has to be reminded. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the there's some damsels in the DM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. And I'm Ash. And Lauren, you are almost on your way to LA again. Almost on spring break. It's been like the craziest two weeks I've told you. I've been like late to every episode, um, like <laughs> running around, barely like around to record intros and outros. Um, but I now have 60 pages of my feature film. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That's yeah. a lot. I know, right? It's like feels crazy to say that you have 60 pages of like a story. That's insane. Yeah. And you, you're not done yet, right? No, I have 30 more pages to go, but so my last classes are today and then tomorrow I'm on spring break. Insane. Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. You're almost like, what, halfway, no, not even more, three quarters of the way through your first year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll I'll be done in like May 1st, I think, something like that. Half a semester left. Yeah. That's insane. It's three years, but in the third year, you can be remote. Like you can take classes because it's like research arts. Do you think you're going to move back to LA for your third year? Probably. Oh my gosh. I know. And you'll be in Paris. I know. I was actually talking to Brynn, your friend who I met, also my friend now. um, And she wants to come to LA and visit me in May. Oh, that's so nice. Because I don't, we were randomly talking on Instagram because I was like, I'm so sad you're not coming to Colorado. She was like, oh, I wish I knew that you were going. If I had known, then I would have come. Oh, she wouldn't have. It's such a no. lie. She can't She's even to make me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I was discuss. I don't know if it was with her or someone else, but JetBlue now flies from New York to Paris, and it's oh. super, super cheap. So I will be in New York all the time, guaranteed. Um, and you're going to be in LA. So we're just going to keep missing each other. Well, you know, I, I feel like now in my life, I've realized that you really can't plan for anything. Like, I mean, who's to say that like you, Brian's career gets a lot better in New York and we have to stay, or like I end up booking something in New York. Like you just really don't know in this career path, what's going to happen. So I think I'm like getting better at not being like, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. And just more being like, here's where I am for now. And we'll see in the next Mm -hmm. couple of months. Definitely have to let go of like all control, not all control, but like a lot of controlling tendencies in this career because you don't even know what tomorrow holds. Like it's so hard to plan even for the weekend because you never know. You might have an audition, you might book something. It is really difficult. My mom's visiting and she, we both leave on Wednesday. I come to Aspen and she goes to Seattle and she was like, do you want to go somewhere for the weekend? And I was like, I don't even know if that's possible. Like if I get an audition, like, I don't want to be stuck somewhere and like trying to, you know, like memorize and learn and study while you're just kind of like alone. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's really- Auditions are hard too, because like, I don't know if you experience this, but sometimes like, I know that I have auditions, but I have so many other things in the day that I feel like 
if I try to tape it now and like try to get it done early, I won't be putting my best foot forward, you know? And then like, sometimes you sacrifice, like if you're traveling, your like self-tape setup that looks so good because like, you know, your acting quality will not be as good if you try to do it when you're home. I don't know. It just, for me, it's like- it's yeah. such a crapshoot on like what's better, like being at home, being on the road, but being like in better spirits. Right. Yeah. It it is kind of like a give or I mean, hit or miss with that. I know when I'm traveling, I just don't have the the mindset of working. Like when I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation. I don't want to work. I don't know if you're like that or if you can sep or you can't separate vacation from work, but I have to because vacations are so sacred to me that I can't, I hate working on vacation. And so if I get an audition, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Okay, fine. Let me do it quickly so I can enjoy the rest of my time. But then you're right. It is really just shitty quality. Yeah. Sometimes I think like there's unavoidable work. Like I have to take a call or I have to do this. Like there's things that I can't like move around that require me to do it. But I feel like I used to hate auditioning more. And I hear a lot of actors like talk about how they hate auditioning. Mm-hmm. Lately, I feel like I've actually enjoyed my auditioning because it's like my time to act. Um, and like acting is something that makes me happy. And I think like lately I've been kind of reshaping the thinking on it that like this is an opportunity and trying to put less pressure on like the job aspect of it, where I feel like when I didn't have school, the auditions were my life and they were Mm -hmm. like, that was all that I had to focus on. So I treated it like a job in a way. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get to have more fun with it now that it's not your sole focus, you know, like you've taken out that not desperation, but that kind of like, this is the only thing that I have going on and this better work. You're taking that mindset out and now you're just having fun with it. And I've, feel the same way I feel like I'm having more fun with my auditions once I have like less pressure on it and just you know like whatever we're doing is good like it is good so you just need to have fun and not just put so much pressure on yourself because that shows in your take yeah and speaking of having fun with your auditions we have the absolutely wonderful Angel Parker who is an actress a mom a wife and a friend who's coming on the pod today. And she talks to us all about her journey into becoming a successful actor. And she went to acting school. She had her first kids, I think she said at 25, which is crazy. And then um, went on to have a very successful career. She booked her first show at 30. Um, and I feel like she's such a um, symbol of persistence, I think, in this career. And she also talks about how she makes her space where she tapes her auditions a sacred space. She makes it something that's like fun for her and her husband, who's also an actor to do. And I think that it's such an important thing for us to talk about and look at. It's like, how can we make this career fun when there's so much pressure and there's so much, so many things out of our control? Like, what can we control in it? I told my dad to, cause they're building a new house right now. And in the study room, I was like, can you paint one of the walls gray? Cause um, Angel had renovated her yeah. uh, garage with her husband and they've painted one of their walls gray. And it just looks so much better than having a backdrop because it's just, you know, you don't have to deal with carrying things. And speaking of traveling and carrying your, your stuff with you, it's just, I was like, can you just paint this gray, make it like Angel's uh, garage mm. and I'll be good. Like I'll be able to come there and audition without any pressure. Where's the house? It's in the same, the same neighborhood, just like three houses down. Yeah, it's their retirement home. So they're making it what they want it to be um, comfortable for them going into like their old, older ages of older stages of life. Yeah, it's cool. They're old one more time off. Old. (laughs) They're old. (laughs) (laughs) They're not old. They're young still. Well, on that note, let's get to talking with the beautiful and brilliant Angel Parker. Let's do it. Hello, Angel. How are you today? Hi, good morning. I'm good. I'm good. Been one of those mornings, but it's okay. I think we all have them, right? (laughs) Where everything goes wrong. Yes, yes. We're just talking offline about how this week has been one of those days, just the whole collective week. (laughs) I mean, it's snowing in LA, so it's really like hell is over, literally, so I have to give myself some grace that if I'm running late or whatever, like this morning was... My my son is a track meet and he's a driver. We have three drivers in the car, but only two cars. And who takes the car is always a conversation every morning. But in the morning, when you're not a morning person, neither is my son. It's like, wait, what? What are you doing? What are we doing? And then 
it's snowing in LA, so the internet's all funky, and I just, it's been one of those mornings. Okay, so where in LA are you? Because I see people saying it's snowing in LA, it's snowing in LA, but it's like, it only hailed, and I've seen in Venice Beach, it was hailing, and maybe yeah. a little bit here, but there was no snow in the city of Los Angeles. Right? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you call the city because I'm mid city. So I'm mid city. I live near the Grove. If you know LA, yeah, yeah. I live mid city, just south of the Grove. I'm off Pico. So I'm a little bit south. It's not snowing here, but we did have hail here. But then I have a friend who lives in the Hollywood Hills and he's videoing snow right outside his window. And then there's snow all on the mountains all around. There was snow at the Hollywood sign. You know, it doesn't stick, it doesn't stay, but the yeah. fact that snow is falling from the sky, I swear, hell is frozen over. Yeah. <laughs> flying. Everything's crazy. It's like 86 degrees in Texas and it's snowing here. Like I'm just like, I I don't get it. And it's and barely and snowed at all in New York. Like it's, it's crazy. The world has turned upside down, ladies. It really it's has. Um so but honestly, the the mountains look so beautiful once it stopped oh, the rain stopped stopped it was so clear I'm in Silver Lake so I had I had like a direct view of the mountains oh. and the snow and it looks beautiful gorgeous like those mountains behind Pasadena and the yeah. mountains Hollywood sign like whatever that next ridge I mean it's stunning so Angel way. walk us through like how you first got to LA when you knew you wanted to be an actor everything that's gotten you to where you are now so I'm born and raised in LA. I was born at UCLA Medical. I grew up in Koreatown. Um, I'm older than you girls. So in 1992 was the LA riots. And so my family, uh, that summer, we moved down to South Orange County. So we moved to San Clemente, which is this little beach town, uh, beautiful. And I, in a way to just sort of fit in and make friends, I joined the drama department. It looked like fun. I never, I didn't come from an acting family. I never acted in LA. I think I did like Barbizon modeling, school mm. modeling kid just like for fun because my mom knew I like to like play and dress up kind of um I wasn't like a pageant girl kind of dress up but just it was almost like etiquette classes yeah um but that was the closest I ever got to the business was Barbizon and and then so in South Orange County in San Clemente I uh, in high school I saw the production of Guys and Dolls and it looked so much like so much fun and I was like oh that's fun and it was sort of diverse and full of weirdos, you know, the drama department. And so being like a little black girl moving into this all white environment, it felt safe. You know, a lot of artists and people that are in an artistic community, they sort of accept you as you are. So it doesn't matter what color, what gender, what anything you are. It doesn't matter how weird you are, almost the weirder, the better, you know? And so I just found community within the drama department. And then I just had a good teacher who was like, you know, you're good at this right and like you know sometimes it just takes a teacher to encourage you um Amy Journey was her name Miss Journey shout out to Miss Journey um, and she just was like you know you're really good at this and then it was time to go to college this is just junior and senior year that I was in the drama department I was gonna go to Spelman but I ended up reading for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts which is a conservatory here in LA it's it's in it was in Pasadena Yes, it's on La Brea, but in, at the time it was in Pasadena. It was in Pasadena for many, many years. And then they got that really cool campus on at the top of La Brea right when I graduated. Um, <laughs> I hate to hear it. I was there. Across from my first apartment building in LA. Oh, wow. Oh, you were living in it, girl. You were living. <laughs> that's, that's some Hollywood. Uh, no, they have a beautiful campus. And I actually go back and speak a lot. And, and they're a wonderful alma mater. I, I met my husband there. Um, all my friends I'm still friends with from my like first section. Um, but I was at the Pasadena campus, which was a converted elementary school with like the little short toilets. And it was just really, really creative. So I got accepted there. I was like, I'm going there. It was only two years uh, conservatory. So no other classes. Like I don't have a degree. Basically, I can't do anything else. doing Even there, I had another teacher, Betty Carlin, shout out to Betty Carlin, who was like, you know, I know this is like college conservatory, super fun, like all these, you know, most people won't continue acting after their experience here. But she was like, but you could, you could make a living doing this uh, if you want to. And so it was just that little bit of encouragement, like, oh, wow, you can really do this. And she helped me get a manager and, and things like that. You know, we had like terrible, bad black and white headshots and, and all of that stuff. Um, this is now 1999. I'm still aging myself. Whoopsie. Um, but by 2000, I was doing theater um, in LA and, and, and did a touring show. I did Shakespeare in the Park. I had a commercial agent. 
I started doing voiceovers, things like that. I was auditioning a little bit, but you know, it, it was hard. It was hard. I also kind of had this voice and this sort of essence back then when I was 18, 20, you know, and so it didn't quite match up. Like, I mm -hmm. think I had to kind of age into the roles that I'm now playing. Like I, I basically, I struggled a lot. I didn't book a lot of parts. It was, it was a hard, it was a hustle. And then, then I had personal uh, tragedy. My sister died and that really just sort of threw me for a loop and my mom and my family. And so I just sort of hunkered down. Uh, we got married, we had a baby. Uh, my son, James, the one who took the car this morning, um, <laughs> now 17. <laughs> so I just had to kind of hole up. And then all of a sudden, you know, I just was like, God, I miss, I miss acting. I miss like, I, you know, you just, just this part as hard as it is. I just missed it a lot. And so then I started doing workshops and taking acting classes, you know, even though I had a, a training, I'd already been trained. I'd already, you know, gone to conservatory but then I was like I got involved in a small local theater here in LA the blank theater shout out to the blank theater mm -hmm. um and and then I got involved in like these acting communities these same kind of artists like how high in high school these artists kind of took me in and made me feel accepted the same thing happened in the theatrical theater community in LA I just felt like I had a place and and the place could have been sweeping the stage taking tickets like cleaning the bathroom doing the reading, reading the stage directions, auditioning for the main stages, doing the Young Playwrights Festival, being a part of this community in any facet. So I just sort of got to see where I fit in, but I was always happiest when I was performing and on stage. And so that was always the goal. And then slowly I started to build that confidence. So now I'm almost 30 and now I'm desperate to have a second baby. You know, we had a hard time having our second baby. Uh, little Naomi came finally. But she came when I finally got my first big part, which was Lab Rats. I don't know if you guys watched that when you were kids, but I was the mom on this Disney show called Lab Rats. And it wasn't a contract. Like I wasn't like my name wasn't in the beginning. I wasn't a series regular is like the technical term. I was a recurring guest, but it was a part. I was a part of the family and I was hiding that I was pregnant. I'm desperate, like, oh my God, I'm, they're going to fire me. And like, you know, we so wanted this baby and had, you know, had some struggles to get her. And, and then it was just like all my fear, you know, they, they didn't care. Like they didn't care. And that was like the beginning of being a part of a professional cast on television. Like it was actually on the air and Lab Rats ran for, I mean, it was sort of multiple iterations of it, but for five years, basically. Mm. It was Lab Rats and like Elite Force and then, Lab Rats, Elite Force, Lab Rats. Oh gosh, there was one more. I forget. But I was a part of that show and that gave me some confidence. Just like, oh wow, you can be on a TV show, be the mom. It was kind of wacky. Like the mom was like the one who all the crazy shit happened to, um, the comedy. And then when that was done, people were saying, well, how are you going to transition out of Disney? You know, like, you know, a lot of those young girls back then would get real slutty and like have yeah. to put album and you know it was always this like transition out of Disney that they put all this pressure on it I did not get naked I did not put out an album mm -hmm. I um went back to work and I auditioned and was in workshops then I got uh into a project called the people versus OJ Simpson which was a wonderful project it won the Emmy um and that was like a nice transition into okay you're a legitimate actress I'm like telling myself that you're a legitimate actress you've worked on television people can see it you have credits on IMDb which is the big thing you know um and then I still hustle and hustle and hustle and getting small parts getting bigger parts trying to get an, a contract I never had a contract you know and that was because it's it's like the gold, you know, to have a, to be a series regular to kind of know, okay, I have eight episodes, I have 10 episodes or 22 episodes, which is almost unheard of these days. But that's like, wow, they want me here and they want me to come back every week, you know. And so my first contract, I didn't get until 2017. That was uh, for a TV show called Runaways, Marvel's Runaways. And that was my first contract. And I had been in the business at that point, probably 15, 16 years. And it took that long. And that show was wonderful, went for three seasons. And my closest, closest friends are from that time. And then since then, I'm still hustling, still trying to get that next contract, you know, and I've done some pilots and I've done more shows and gotten to, to just sort of navigate and move through this business. I, I still am hustling, you know, but it's a different, it's a different kind of hustle, you know, like, more money, more problems, or like new yeah. new problems. You know what I mean? Uh, and not more money. Still trying <laughs> to figure out. I'm still mama on a budget, you know. But, um, 
but just trying to figure out like how to manage my time and how to manage the emotional roller coaster of this business. I'm still is a journey that I'm on. So I'm sorry. I don't even know what your initial question no, was. No, no, no. That was really a monologue. You <laughs> answered also, it. I mean, yeah. You're taking us through your journey. I do have a question though. Was there ever a moment in this, like before, even when you were having kids that you felt like, oh, you know what, I'm going to stop. Like, I can't do this or ever a moment that you're like, I'm going to give up or this isn't for me. This industry sucks, blah, 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 whatever it was. Oh my God. You mean yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes me feel so much better. I want to, I want to quit all the time. There was a point when I was in like the real hustle of like pilot seasons and all this stuff that every Friday I would quit. I would be like, okay, so I quit. I retire. And I'll reapply on Monday morning, you know, like all the time I want to quit. It's, it's, um, it's a hard business and it's a hard, it's hard emotionally because it's more than a business. It's, it's your passion. It's your joy. It's, it's your identity. Yeah, a bit. I mean, I identify definitely as a mom and a wife and, um, and a friend, um, more than an actress, but is a big part of who I am. And, um, and without it, I, I don't think that I would be complete, but no, I want to quit all the time. I think I wanted to quit last night. And mm-hmm. then I like an audition in my, you know, new, new sides for an audition that I did a week ago that they were like, Oh, you're moving forward. We love you. And they're like, Oh wait, we're going to send you something else. And then the rest of the town's going to get it too. And you're like, Oh, I guess I'm not as far along as I thought I was, or, Oh, I'm still, having to convince people of my worth and myself of my worth or remind myself of my worth, not convince myself. I know that I'm worthy, but it is a struggle daily. And really the struggle is to sort of let go and just like, let it all happen. But that has to be reminded, but no, I quit all the time. I just, I quit. I'm like, I quit. I'm done. Like at the end of the day, like, I'm like, it's also just like the day's done. I'm done working. Like I'm clocking out is more, I guess I, what I should say is I clock out. I'm done. I'm no longer an actress. Let me freaking lay on the couch and watch TV or hang out with my family or have a glass of wine. If it's really been a rough, a rough week and I will get back to it on Monday morning. I do that all the time. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right yeah. answer. <laughs> when I was at studying acting at USC, um, I had a professor say that to me. They were like, when you get older, you're going to be successful. And I was so annoyed by that because I was <laughs> like, well, what am I supposed to do these next like 10 years before I can like possibly like age into what I should be playing that you think that I'll be successful at? And I feel like that voice like has always been in the back of my head in an annoying way, you know? But like, as I've gotten older, I've started to see what they mean because I think you also have to like mature into the persistence that it takes to be an actor and like get adjusted to the hustle and the constant rejection and I think like when I was in my early 20s I wasn't prepared for that yet no you also have to get really good yeah Um, and in that time you can just get really good like the Brian Cranston's and Steve Carell's like they didn't hit until they were in their 40s and they're huge stars now. They can do anything that they want to do, but they had to get really, really, really good and also get that strength of, no, I really, I really want to do this. This is really what I want to do. It's, it's, it's hard because you're just like, ah, ah, I can't play this dumb, whimsical ingenue because of my essence. But they're also writing different roles now. Young people in this business have so much more to say. Young people in this world have so much more to say. And so they are writing better roles for young people now that have more depth. I mean, look at that kid on The Last of Us, like they talk about incredible depth of, I don't even know how she sees the world that way, but she does. So I'm just saying young people have something to give, but I do think that now there's a lot of, what do they call it when um, you don't think that you're good? Like- um, uh, Insecurity? Well, yeah, insecurity, but where where you're... Oh, imposter syndrome? Thank you. Yes, imposter syndrome. So a lot of actors have that. Like, you'll get on a set, you'll be some older, seasoned actor that's like, was that good? Was that good? Like, everyone feels it all the time. Or really, you just want it to be good. And so you're just like, was that good? Okay, let's do that again. Or did that feel right to you? Like, it's also such a collaborative business. And when you take time, whether you want the time or not, but when you have the time and you take the time to really get good and you stay in classes, like you're training again, you shared before we got online that you're now in grad school and like you're just continuing to grow and continuing to be a part of this theatrical community, not just waiting to get older, like that ain't that ain't it either. 
now I'm like, oh no, I've got so much experience. I've been in so many black box theaters and crappy readings of things. I've been at the, the Emmys stage and then back on unemployment after that. Like I've been in every single part of this business. Like I'm kind of unflappable. Like I can kind of take anything. I mean, there's times that I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't, you know, I've got bigger, bigger hits now. Um, but I do know that I can take it. And when I step on set, like I was just on set a couple of days ago, I recur on a TV show called The Rookie. And I walk on there and they didn't get the script because it's their last uh, episode uh, of the season. And it was in rewrites. So we didn't get the script till the night before. We're on set the next day and we're gonna like do three scenes with like multiple like language, you know, weird lines that, you know, they don't just flow. And I'm just like, I know how to do this. I can do this. I can learn this. I can get this. I'm gonna stand here. I know what I'm doing. and that is what comes with age and that's what comes with confidence, true confidence. And that imposter syndrome voice gets a little smaller because you're kind of like, mm, no, I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah. I kind of know what I'm doing. And so sometimes you need that time to, to feel that way because even if you have all the training in the world and all the experience in the world, you're still going to have that voice. It's still there. And I just think it's nice to have some experience and some time and some seasoning inside of you to be like, mm, okay, I hear you, but mm, you're gonna go over here for a second because I know what I'm doing and I'm prepared for it. So I would just stay training, stay doing your thing, stay volunteering. Also, there's young roles that are out there or write the role yourself, like I don't care, but there's parts to play or there's theater to do. Like I could, I was 27, 28 doing Shakespeare playing the young ingenue, you know? We can play 16 on stage yeah. when, you know, like, and you need to sort of have a voice that it can carry when you're doing theater and and that that kind of age and wisdom works well for that and so they do want to hire someone that has a mature essence at times because it's not as risky so sometimes you just end up where you're going to end up and yeah you might not get your first show like me lab rats until 30 and you may not get your first series regular role till you're 37 um almost 40 and then now i'm 42 and i'm trying to get my next one you know so it's but I'm still in the game. I'm still in the business. I'm not retired yet, but will ask me tomorrow, Friday, I might retire and then I'll reapply on Monday. Did you say that your husband was also an actor? My husband is an actor. Yes. We, wow. we, so we met at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and we've been doing this together since then. We got me, I met him, I've been dating, dating him, been with him <laughs> since I was Your Boyfriend, 18. not your husband. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it's kind of fun when they're your boyfriend again, you know? Um, <laughs> No, I've been with him since I was 18 years old. I married him at 21, had our first baby at 25, and we're still kicking it. You know, we're still arguing. We're still loving. We're still in it together. We still do our auditions with each other. We still run everything together. We still figure it out together. Um, it's it's a, I do sometimes wish I married a banker, you know, <laughs> but he wouldn't be such a great acting partner. Maybe I wouldn't, you know, have the success I have or someone that sort of understands the ups and downs and the ebbs and the flows and the emotional roller coaster, man. Ooh, it's tough. It really, the highs are high, but the lows are low. Yeah. And really something I heard something, I think it was on Instagram or TikTok or something. And it was like, God, if I could just not have the ups and downs, you know, and I could just be straight through, that would be better. And then they're like, yeah, but what about like a heart rate monitor? Like if it's going straight through, you're, that's a flat line. You're dead. You know, like maybe you do want the ups and downs, but it, I also saw something else, like one of those round tables, those, um, Vanity Fair roundtables, and they were saying like, you know, don't get too high on the highs and try not to get too low on the lows. Like, just realize that yeah. that's part of the journey. That is what it is, and so you don't think you're too great at the top, but you don't think you're so shitty. Excuse my language. At the bottom, you know, like, hey, this is just part of it. This is just part of the process. Like, I even you know talk with my therapist sometimes, who I finally can now afford therapy a little bit. But um, what, a, what a gift it can be. Uh, I wish we all could have that access. But he was reframing something for me where I'm just like, you know, the days that I want to quit, usually on Fridays. And I'm like, Friday, I get my kids to school. I sit on my front porch with my coffee and I came inside and I was like, I just want to watch some TV. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, just watch something and be inspired. And like, inspiration, please hit me. And I'm just like, they're like, let me watch something good. And I think that day I watched Fleischman in Trouble and till I have to go pick up my kid, my daughter's only 11, go pick her up from school. And I'm just like, ah. and he's like, well, maybe that's just part of your process. Like you're just 
in that part of your process. Like, just think of it as I need to lay down and re, you know, re-inspire myself. I need to rest. And that's part of it so that you can then be rejuvenated for your family. Once you pick them up, have a weekend and Monday morning, get right back at it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, instead of taking it so harshly, like I'm just like depressed and so down and lost another part, you know, was so close to something that I was passionate about. And really, I just needed to mourn the loss. Yeah. Lay down, rest my body, let something wash over me that I could just watch easily and get through it. And he's just like, I think that's just part of your art artistry. That's part of your process. I was like, okay, I'm going to remember that next time I'm in bed. So sad because I didn't get a part. It's part of the process. <laughs> you know. No, it really is. And that's your yeah. way to like heal the loss of, you know, the work that you're not getting, but also it's like you opening up doors for the stuff that you are going to be getting in the future. Yeah. You never it's know. like shedding your skin basically a every friday bit, you shed a little bit every, every <laughs> friday shed my skin yeah it's yeah. funny at the end of the week i'm just like oh in the beginning of the week you know like monday morning i'm like my, to my husband i'm like what will this week bring what will it bring <laughs> and then by the end of the week we're like nothing nothing but heartache <laughs> <laughs> like, how we'll has see, it see. been balancing the ups and downs of being an actor with being a mom terrifying (laughs) (laughs) no I'm kidding um no it is um I don't know when I became a mom I became a mom so young I have so much to do and so the acting I can't obsess about it as long as people that don't have other things to do you know um I have to get in and get out I have to I have to be so good and so swift and so clear quickly um, because I still have to get all my other stuff done. I still have two kids that were, you know, especially with, with lab rats, I was, uh, pregnant and then nursing and then, you know, like trying to have a babysitter and not having the thing. Like I never had a nanny. I could never afford that. Yeah. Like I had to get a, a home-based daycare and drop the kid off and then run to the audition in person and then get back in time. So I didn't pay overtime. And now I'm like, I don't want to take so much time away from my kids. Like my son's a senior in high school. I don't want to be in my studio in the back all night. I want to get it done so I can go and have dinner with them and hang out, you know, um, watch a show together. So I, if anything, it's made me better. First of all, I have, like, I read for moms and stuff. So I just have that perspective, but I also don't have so much free time that I obsess too long. You know, like I I get my little Friday in between drop off and pick up if I don't have an audition or something to maybe feel a little bit sorry for myself and have a little moment to myself, but that's rare and special. That's why I'm trying to like watch something great, you know, or uh, I should be going to the spa or something like that. But, um, but I just, it's a balancing act and it's just sort of like in the morning, it's like, what are we doing? What, who, who has the car? What are we doing? What's your day? Like today I was like, what's your day? And I'm like, oh, I have a podcast in the morning. I have lunch with a friend and then I have to prep this voiceover, but I'll be home and then I'll do that, you know? And then like, I'll be ready. I can pick up Naomi from school by 3.30, blah, blah. Like I just, it makes me better and more efficient mm. with my time. Also, I want my kids to see that I'm passionate about something. I love do. I love my work. It's important to me. A lot of times I just tell them, I'm like, a mom has an audition. I'm really focused on it. I'm really excited about it. And then they're like, oh, okay, go, good luck, you know? And then I come out to the back, work on it for an hour, and then I'm back. Um, I don't have all day. And so even if you don't have kids, I would say to, you know, book up your day. Like a day that you have an audition, make a hike or a lunch plan or something with a friend, you know, give yourself ample time for your work, but then have something else to do that you're like, okay, now I'm going to get this done. Now I'm going to do that because it makes you not first of all, do 20 takes, which yeah. is not good for you. Uh, you shouldn't be shooting all your rehearsals and stuff either, because those don't count. You got to like rehearse it and then be ready, you know, but I think making your work more efficient and putting it into work and then life, they do cross over, but yeah. knowing that I can quit my job on a Friday and go into my life is really good for my brain. Um, even though, yes, I will get auditions on a Friday evening that are due on Monday morning, but at least I have time with them. At least while my kid's watching a show on a Sunday afternoon, I'm reading, you know, it, it's, it, it feels good yeah. to, um, if it, it, it's, it's a good life, it's a good life. It's not a steady life, but nobody's life is steady. It's funny. I was like crying to my girlfriend one time. I'm like, I could have been a real lawyer. Not just played one on TV. <laughs> and she's like, do you think real lawyers don't have bad days at work? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
you know, when you kind of just look at it as a bad day at work, as opposed to my life's choices, I, what am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you're like, I just had a bad day or a bad week at work. And okay, boom, done. People have shitty days at their job when they work for the fucking post office too. You know, um, this is at least something that you take pride in and you value and you want to do above anything else at times you would do anything for it. You know, you get an audition. And it's like, I got an audition. I got to go, you know? Um, but it's nice when you can have a little time. You're like, oh, I have an audition. Wow. Let me enjoy this because until it's over, I still have a shot, you know? Um, sometimes when it's over, like I, my management and my team, my agent and manager, I'm like, ah, just let me know when it's done. I'll take it out of my brain. I'll mourn the loss. I'll lay on the couch, but like that's done. But until that, like when I first get it in my inbox, it's mine. It's mine until it's not mine. So I try to keep it in that creative way. It's always in your brain, you know, in the shower. Or I, I'm an auditory learner, so I'll record it and listen to it and just try to understand the scene and then come back to it and read it. And it's all, and what am I going to wear for it? And what, how am I going to do my hair for it? And who am I talking to? And what is this relationship? And where does it shoot? A lot for me now, I'm in um, bigger roles now that shoot in different places. And what does that mean for my family? How long would I be away? Uh, what, what is it, is it worth it? You know, uh, there was a project that I was reading for that was going to shoot in Australia over the next six months. And I was like, I can't miss my son's high school graduation. Like, that's just something I will never get back, you know? So there's times that you just have to make decisions and then, you know, like, like, ah, it's a great part though, but you're just like, mm, I, I would not enjoy it. You know, um, not that I say no to a lot of, of anything, but there's times that I'm just like, I can't do that. I can't do that. So. Yeah. What was it like working with Dolly Parton and Amanda Seyfried? Oh, Dolly. Oh my gosh. She's an icon and she's, funny and cool and this little you know this little Polly Pocket she's so tiny <laughs> but she's so just lovely and such a businesswoman I think people don't quite understand like you're not that successful for that long and have that many projects without being a savvy smart person and to be a woman and to look like her she does it with a wink and a smile and a little sass but she means business you know and so it's just sort of, of a different generation how you sort of navigate a man's world and now it's not that anymore so it's kind of cool that she's been able to live it all through all the different iterations of her career and now see like you know there's women showrunners women bosses and her sort of getting her flowers while she's still yeah. with yeah. us hopefully for much longer but she's uh she's everything you want her to be but we sat down we talked about legacy we talked about like what you want it to be she's an actress she was like was that good like you still want it to be good you're yeah. still like, I think that was a good take. Okay. Oh, let's do another one. That didn't feel right. You know, she yeah. still wants it to be great. And that's when I start to see the commonality between uh, artists, especially people that are that famous. I've been lucky enough to work with some really, really great people and really famous people. And, you know, you just want to get comfortable. That one, Dolly took the longest for me to get comfortable with uh, than any, you know, I've worked with John Travolta and that was easier than Dolly Parton. Wow. Uh, just like the first day you're like, oh, don't say anything stupid don't fall down you know she took a couple days and then and then she's just as lovely as can be and and she's so grown and used to that look looking at her uh that she knows how to calm you down and, and make you feel good and make you feel special but I got to be in her hometown Pigeon Forge Tennessee where she's from um for an entire month a little bit longer than a month in Tennessee and that's one of those jobs that I didn't come home uh, a lot of the times I fight to come home every weekend or every other weekend or my family come. My family did come one weekend, but it was too long of a travel to get home. It was like two flights and a drive. And God forbid you give Dolly Parton COVID. So they really wanted us to just sort of stay put. And so it was just a lovely time to be in Tennessee. Um, I, 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 that's the greatest job I've ever had in my entire life because of the experience. Mm. Now, Amanda Seyfried, she's cool. Um, we have mutual friends. And so I knew that she was cool and funny. Um, I only did one day with her, but it was, it was great. She's got a real process and she draws and like does crafting. Like she stays in her, she has her own incredible process that she has worked out. And she was very in the voice and in that character. I mean, obviously it's award-winning work that she did, but she was still cool. We talked motherhood. We talked, you know, um, hanging out, being in the business kind of, and we just, I was surprisingly 
comfortable with her too. She's cool. She's kind of my age and uh, very focused on the work, but also can let it go and can joke around in between takes. And I love that about actors where they don't take it too seriously. I mean, I love me a method actor that's in it all the time. I'm like, ooh, hey, that's cool. <laughs> um, that's I'm fun. not really that person. I, I sort of dive into the world, but I love hanging with the crew. I love joking around in between takes, even the heavier stuff. I really like the camaraderie. I like make jokes in the mic to the sound guy and like mm -hmm. uh, get, you know, get the DP on my side so I look good. And, you know, I think of it as a, a collaborative effort and it's everyone together. And then I'm just the one that's in front of the camera. And I definitely don't want to take up anyone's time or make them have to do it again. So I'm just always very, very professional and listen and make sure I'm hitting my marks. Now, not to say I don't make a flub and I'm like, wait, what was the word or what was that, you know? but keep it light and then keep going or make a flub and keep going because they can still use the take and just cut mm -hmm. around it. Just have a professionalism and respect all the other professions that are on. I used to be like, I need to put my prop back and I need to do this and I need to do that. And I remember one prop master being like, but then what would I do? You know, like it's their job to do that. So just respecting what other people do. I still hang up my costume every day in my trailer. Always do that just because you can't just leave your clothes on the floor. But, yeah. um, but I, I just do that when I go shopping, fitter, fitting rooms, everything. I can't, I can't. I know, you probably worked in retail or your mama taught you that. But I like, worked yeah. in Abercrombie, actually, when I was 18. Exactly. <laughs> so you understand, you walk into this room and everyone just left their stuff everywhere. You're like, come on. Yeah. Um, so there's little things like that, like just a little bit of respect, but also respecting what other people do. And from the, the craft service to the AD to the COVID specialist who everybody hates, you know, and... <laughs> To, um the director and the producer it just everyone plays their part to the focus puller like there's a person that their whole job is just to make sure that you're in focus you know and everyone has their place in this business that's what I love about it so much this little kind of wacky circus <laughs> people uh when you finally are able to do a job please enjoy it a lot of people complain it's you know there's this saying you know you want to hear an actor complain give them a job and I can't stand that like it's just like we fight so hard to get these roles and yeah. so and we're expendable like you don't want it someone else will be there in two seconds you know and then I don't like this and I don't like that and why is this there and why is this there and not to say you don't have a voice and you can't say when something's wrong or you know I was on a show that the one of the actors was really really fighting for an hour lunch and I didn't see the point in that you know I was just like let's all get to work and get back to work and go home and you know, the crew wants to go home. Like, let's do that. And she's just like, I need that time to completely decompress and then be able to get another six hours out of me. And that was her process. And so yeah. sometimes everyone's fighting for something, but you just got to figure out what, what's important and what does it mean to other people? Like it's a domino effect, this business. We are all collaborative. Like, does that hour lunch mean that we don't get turnaround at the end of the day or whatever that means? You know, there's all sorts of stuff or like, hey, we have to table read during lunch that mean you don't really get a break. And are those things that really matter or are those things just for your comfort? You know, so it's always this sort of balancing act of what do you complain for? You know, this is my favorite question to ask anyone just because I'm obsessed with it. Please take us through your morning routine that allows you to be the person that you are and allows you to be, you know, like just an incredible actress, mom, wife person? Well, my alarm is set for 645. I have tried to put my feet on the ground by seven. And, uh, you know, I, I should probably get up earlier than that. But I, I sometimes struggle with sleep. I sort of once everything gets quiet and dark, my mind wakes up. Um, I've always been that way. Yeah. But I try to hit the ground running at 7am, get up, I do have coffee, and then I have lemon water get my, my daughter has to be at school at eight. And so it's like lunch, breakfast, but my husband, you know, we do it together. Yeah. Um, and get, you know, I do her hair and get her out. And my son has to be at school at eight 20. So it was like, who's going to take the car and is he, do we have to take him too? And wh what is that? And then what is the day? I usually get my little morning of around like eight 30 to nine. That is just my own time. I try not to schedule anything before 9.00 AM if I can avoid it. Like our session today was at 9 a.m. And then I think I got on at 9, 12. I was a little late, but um, I'm so sorry for that. But oh, you're good. it happens. But but I just try not to schedule anything before 9 a.m. So that I just have a little bit of time to myself and to our family. And then every day is different, honestly. So the morning, I mean, I, and if I want to be one of those girls that does morning pages and meditates, but then it just ain't me. I do morning I, pages. 
I got Lauren onto morning pages too. We love our morning pages. Meditation morning. for me is the, is harder. I, I sometimes just can't. I need yeah. meditation to be like a kind human to others. Like <laughs> I honestly think that I'm a better person for having meditated. But since I've been in grad school, because I'm getting an MFA in producing and like they will have you write, like, I'm not joking, like 30 pages weekly, the journaling has gotten harder because like now that I have to write so much like material, I just can't like get in the mode to like write the three pages every day. But I'm still trying, even if like, you know, some of the words are like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I, want to be I want to be that girl. I'm a part of a goal group. So I have um, an accountability partnership. And so we sort of set goals for the week and, um, or for the year and we break them down by quarter and then break them down by the week. And so you do a little like check-in on what you're doing, what you're not. So I do that little check-in that's sort of in that little half hour that I give myself every morning. And I try, I salute the sun. So I I practice yoga. So when my, usually my husband drives my daughter to school and I pick her up, like the actual driving, we get her ready together or the house ready together. So they drive to school. I go out on the front porch to say goodbye, get her in the car, backpack, blah, 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 blah. And then I do a little front porch dance as she goes. It's, it's mortifying. My ring camera. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Um, but then I salute the sun. I do, I just do five sun salutations every morning. And then I go inside and usually get my warm up, my little half coffee, get my, my phone. You know, that's when I then get on my phone once they're done and do my little check-in or scroll Instagram, even if I want, you know, just, just sort of have my own little time. And then by 9am, I'm, I'm in my day. So that's either go shower or go work out or do whatever I have to do. If I have an audition, if I have a a talk to, you know, beautiful ladies like yourself, um, that's when I get to work. And then I try to schedule things within the school hours uh, so that then I can do pick up by, by 3.30. If I'm there at 3.35, they charge me. Um, but, uh, and then I, and then I spend the afternoon with my daughter. She gets a little downtime and we figure it out. And then I try to, you know, do my auditions when my husband can schedule it. My husband's a runner. So he does a lot of running and takes a lot of time. Um, he's training for the LA marathon right now. No, your, your husband reads with you for every part, right? Like even if it's supposed to be with a woman. Yes. Okay. Pretty much. Pretty much. Unless he's unavailable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Unless he's unavailable. uh, And then I'll call a friend or something or do it over zoom, but no, it's, it's usually him because he's a good actor and it's a good reader. And that voice should be further away from the camera. You just need a a voice there. Um, Sometimes you try to get someone that really is the essence of the character, but I don't, I don't really need that. I mean, I can kind of act to a piece of tape these days uh, because we do it so much, but, um, or act to my music stand, you know, if, if, if it's a lot of lines, but uh, no, he'll he'll read whether it's male or female and vice versa. My husband works in comedy and drama. And so he gets a lot of auditions. He's a tall white guy that can kind of be the bad guy or the good guy, the rich kid. And the and the he's he can work in a lot of different ways. And so he gets a lot of auditions is my point. And so, and he's quick. He's real quick. He also has like a memorization thing where he writes it out and he gets it really quickly. It takes me more time. I kind of, a, we're very different actors, even though we sort of, work in the same way but we're very different in our process and how we absorb roles and how we get them out um so yeah no we work very well together and learning how to just sort of do it do it again what you think what you missed what you hey what are you trying to do here like sometimes I'm trying to do I'm like he's like oh you're taking too much time there and I'm like well I'm trying to do this and he goes ah so try it here or try it there mm-hmm. uh, we're very much kind of like tacticians at this point, especially with the auditions, just to sort of keep them quick and swift so that they are not taking over. There's still times that they take over. Like last night, I have one that I had to do at 8 p.m. because the day was the day. And I had, it was new sides, new scenes for a project that I'd already read for. And then I had two takes of one scene and I could not decide. And I'm not that girl that's like, I can't decide. I'm usually like, decide from the first 10 seconds. Like, just let's go, you know? It's not that big of a deal if you're not locked in. And I just really could not decide between the, and it was a big project. It was a pilot as a lead. And I was just like, I really, you know, so it, that took more time just in the de- decision of what to do. And then I'm like, ah, is she, is it that broad or is it, you know, like nuance? Um, and without being in the room to be able to just say, hey, was that too over the top? Was that too broad? Do you want this to be more subtle um, to be able to ask that? is is frustrating you kind of just have to trust your instincts and sometimes sometimes you question your instincts you know I forget eventually I I forgot which one I sent (laughs) Mm. (laughs) they 
want they did not want multiple takes and normally I don't want to send multiple takes either I'm like you can't decide what you're sending unless it's like we want two different versions yeah Um, I'm like send what you send you know you get what you get and you don't get upset okay I want to get into our dm questions so what is the funniest craziest wildest most inspirational or intriguing dm you have ever received like get some weird ones <laughs> as all women do <laughs> yeah boys are gross yeah um i i get a lot of good ones of people just kind of asking a little bit of advice and you know it's always usually the same thing like uh, how can i be an actor or how can i get further along in my career and it's usually the same advice like get involved in a community there's some local theater somewhere near you that needs someone to take the tickets like just get involved in any way that you can there's so many classes now that are available over zoom like we just you really don't have to like move to LA to be an actor you can do it from where you are um there's online readings and things like that I get weird dms of people asking like how's leo like which is like a character that i played his mom you know years Hmm. in the lab rats or things like that where i'm just like you know that they're fictional characters but you know i think they're just trying to reach out um nothing too crazy i delete anything that's negative right away i don't respond um anything that's odd and sexual or like asking me for pictures of my feet or something um you you get deleted uh if you're asking me for money you get deleted (laughs) So nothing, nothing too weird. I'm I'm pretty open when it comes to like, you know, I don't show every aspect of my life and my family, but like, you know, if you scroll through my Instagram, you'll see my husband, you'll see my kids, mm-hmm. you'll see sort of that I live in LA and, and what my life is like and, and uh, my friendships. And, you know, I just, I kind of, I like to hang out. I like to have a glass of wine or champagne with my friends. Like I like to, you know, just be a normal person. Uh, acting isn't everything to me it feels like that sometimes but I'm really trying for it not to be that anymore I really want it to be a part of my life or I remember one acting teacher Betty Carlin I already shouted out um, from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and she's like you need to live a full life like what will you pull from if you're not living a life like you need to have experiences and pain and loss and fun and travel for when you're trying to pull these parts together a lot of times when I'm trying to quickly a part like let's say I get it the night before and it has to be the next day and it's a big part and I'm like who is this like oh this is like Lauren I'm gonna just be Lauren on this one you know what I mean like or this is a relationship like this is just like my best friend my best friend Christopher I'm like this is just like talking to Christopher this is you know I try to just do these shortcuts and I pull them from my life and so I'm just uh and it's not even a shortcut it's smart actually I'm like this is this relationship I know this well let me put this relationship that I've had for 20 years into this audition that I've had for 20 minutes because it's two best friends that are arguing about something dumb, but they really love each other. Let me just take this from my life and add it to my work so that I understand the relationship quickly. Um, and how would I do that if I didn't like go to Christopher's house all the time and hang out, you know? So I, I try to answer the questions that I get in my DMs, especially if they're kind of respectful uh, as well as I can, and just sort yeah. of be honest about it. I love talking to young people. I love inspiring people, especially people that are eager, like I was when I was young, that really want to do something like, look at you two girls are doing a podcast. You reached out over DM, didn't yeah, you? I yeah, I know. I'm the wildest DM. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> my podcast, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just scroll a little bit, make sure you're not crazy, and then it's fine, you know? Oh, um, good. I don't, I think, I don't think you scrolled. I don't think you scrolled far enough. <laughs> oh well that might have inspired me to say yes you never know, <laughs> you never know. um but no people that I saw that you were young women that were trying to do something and I'm like yes I'm in, I'm in. yeah our deep of the week is what would your dream job be so I I get asked that a lot because it's you know like I want to play a, a multifaceted woman um, with strength and character who's flawed, uh, for a a wide audience. So what that means is like, I want to do good work and I want people to see it. Mm -hmm. I really don't care what it is. (laughs) Um, I worked with Alyssa Milano on a movie and she's such a doll and we became friends. And I was like, is this good work? Or like, what's your dream part or whatever. And she was like, every part that I'm working on is my dream part. Like I'm in it. This is the one The one I'm in right now is my favorite part 
right now. And then I'm going to move on to the next one. And it was such a perspective of like having respect and honor for the work that you're in, but also knowing that you'll be moving on to something else. You'll be moving on to something else. That's sort of what the life is. So like my dream right now is a part that, that pays me a lot of money. (laughs) I have a son going to college and I want to make that happen. And I want to be able to travel a little bit um, together before we go. Uh, so right now I'm just trying to fund college. So I'm like, I will take any job that pays me some money, <laughs> which is good because I'm also learning to negotiate. But I still want to play a woman of a certain caliber. You know, I don't do nudity. So those roles are taken out. Uh, no judgment on it. I just don't personally do it. And then I want to be, I want people to see my work. So I want it to be on TV. You know, I I would love to be on Broadway one day. Um, But right now, I really am still focused on being on TV. So that's what it is. I don't want it to be hard on my family. So I don't want to, you know, I don't mind traveling and I don't mind working far, but I want it to be that I've got a schedule that I can either go visit my family or they can come visit me. I don't like to move them around because of school and stuff. Let them have their life too and let me have a home to come back to. But right now, I want to just play a great part and for people to see it and for them to pay me well to do it. So um, it's not as exciting. Um, it's not yeah. like, oh, I want to play the president one day. Sure. Great. That'd be awesome. I want to play, um, you know, a lawyer one day. I want to play, I want to play Lorraine Hansberry one day. She was a, a, a playwright that died young, you know, like things like that I have in my ether, but I don't really care. I just want to play the next part. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love- this like very honest and uh, inspirational, I think for both me and Ash take on acting. Yeah. And I think it was just so- Oh, Ash, sorry. I said Ash earlier. Ash. <laughs> oh, no worries. I didn't Everybody even understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, thank you so much for being here because this has really been so uplifting. And my boyfriend says that you should always be doing three things for your career every day. And I feel like you were one of my three today because you made me want to continue being an actor. So thank you for that. Oh. Well, good. I'm glad I could be that for you. I'll I'll take it down to one thing. I tell people to do one thing for your career every single day. Sometimes <laughs> I think that takes the pressure off because three it things does take the pressure off. Well, yeah. three can be a lot, but but wait, one could be drinking enough water for your exactly. body. Yeah, um, and one could be looking at how beautiful the trees are, you know, and just being the trees. Yeah. Or, but a lot of it can be, I'm watching a show, I'm doing some research, I'm sending that email, I'm DMing that actress and asking her if she'll come on my podcast, whatever that is. uh, I agree. I like your boyfriend. I give him two thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah, he's a good one. We'll keep him. He is a good one. We are going to keep him. (laughs) (laughs) So please tell our listeners where they can find you and stay up to date on what you're up to. Well, I'm on Instagram as Angel Parker LA. Um, because I'm from here and because there's another Angel Parker who kind of looks like me, which is really funny. Uh, Right now, you can watch me in The Recruit, which I'm really proud of that work. That's on Netflix. Um, Obviously, The Rookie I'm on as well, uh, which is on um, ABC. It's actually the same boss, which is funny. I'm going to be on Superman and Lois in two weeks. Amazing! Uh, Starting in, yeah, I have a recurring role on that. And so that first starts to air. So the season three, I'm in season three of Superman and Lois, which is great. And then I don't know what's next. I'm in the thick of it. Like right now I have three horses in the race and we'll see by the, what's tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. We'll see by tomorrow if, if this water is turned into wine or or if I'm having champagne to celebrate. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I never know what's next. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I'm you. I'm so excited to see. I'm sorry. I'm so excited to see where your career goes and how many more horse races you have left to conquer. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Please continue to send us your DMs of the week. We'll post the list of all of the people that we're talking to. And it's a lot of guests that we have coming up, um, which is really exciting. I personally really like this new format where we get to just have like a really beautiful conversation with somebody succeeding in some part of the industry. So let us know how you're liking it. Let us know what you want to hear. And if you have any suggestions for guests, then let us know. As always, please rate and review our podcast on Spotify, on Apple, and send us any feedback that you have through. Our DMs are always open to you guys, and so are all of the other platforms that we've put up on that link tree. And we're always reading your stuff, so please rate, review, and subscribe, and do all the fun things uh, that help us succeed. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time, it's going down in the DMs. Bye.
Sometimes DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.